Hey, Edith. Hey, Christy. How did Scrooge win the football game? I don't know. The ghosts of Christmas past. Oh, I like the visual. She's pat. She's doing the thing with her arm, passing the I football. I get passing the Ghost football. Of Christmas past. It's so funny. <laughs> I thought you'd like it because it was about football. <laughs> hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Ho, 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 ho. Who? <laughs> Your Santa impression needs a little work. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. <laughs> Maybe a winter wonderland covers your garden and you are listening to us while you're drinking hot cocoa. Or wrapping presents. Maybe you're driving to a favorite relative's house to share in beloved traditions. Or you're on a beach with a margarita. No matter where you are. Happy holidays, gardeners. And Merry Christmas to all our friends. Allow us to blanket you with a special Christmas quilt episode. A patchwork of Christmas stories, tips for holiday gardening, jokes, and inspiration. All stitched together with some of our familiar Christmas pot plays. Oh, and Edith drops a swear word. Nothing gets me more in the holiday spirit. Thank you so much for listening to Upside Down Tulips and our holiday special. Merry Christmas. Upside Down Tulips everybody. Merry Christmas. Hi, Christy. Hello, Edith. I thought you'd be wearing a Santa hat, but you're not. <laughs> Look <laughs> I'm at not, you. I'm not. Uh, but I do feel very Christmassy today. Who wouldn't after listening to that incredible music? Oh, thank you, Denise oh. Gentilini, for your special Upside Down Tulips holiday-themed music with Jingle Bells. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. You know, Edith, the yes. show is dropping on the 21st, yes. which is the winter solstice. Oh. So we are literally the farthest away from the sun that we're going to be. Mm -hmm. And then every day we'll get a little bit more sun now. So that means that's the darkest, longest day of, longest, shortest day. Oh my gosh. It's the longest night and shortest day of the year. Is that correct? Yes. I love that day. Yeah. It's cozy. I love that day. Yeah. Yeah. I bet our listeners in Alaska, they must get like 20 minutes of sun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a day that people that love books would love. Mm-hmm. And in Alaska, you can only read a chapter, and then boom, <laughs> you're done. Right. Uh, this is also the traditional day that people will start winter sewing. Really? Yeah. Wow. I usually wait until January. Don't worry, folks. We'll do an update on how to winter sew. Yeah. In yeah. January, because right now, you know, it's right before Christmas. Everybody is super busy. Don't pressure yourself with winter sewing. You need to enjoy it as you do it. It's a really cool process. Yeah. So, folks, if you haven't already, get yourself some hot cocoa or some hot apple cider and and uh, enjoy some Christmas upside down tulips. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edith, what are you doing for Christmas this year? Um, well, I, you know, not not much. I mean, I you know, actually, Christy, I really take things. I don't make a big production out of things. Mm-hmm. I'm also not much of a traditionalist. I'm indeed. I'm pretty much your opposite. <laughs> I don't decorate. I don't like to do anything. I bake a lot of bread. I like giving people stuff. I buy some gifts. That's all I do. Yeah, I like making things for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I love watching It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. That's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah, I like watching Elf also. That's a great movie we like to watch. Oh, I've not seen that. Okay. Um, I usually will make my grandma spaghetti. Oh. And um, we have um, a bread called pizza. That is from my handsome and handy's husband's family that oh. I really come to enjoy. 
there's like a rolled, a, a rolled, um, uh, like babka almost Ooh, in a way. Oh, that sounds amazing. You know, I say I don't do traditions, but I'm wrong. Every single Christmas Eve, I make spetchlies. Ooh. I make the German homemade noodles every yes. single Christmas Eve. Oh, that's so I'll be nice. doing that. Yeah, rituals are nice. Yeah. Uh, and I remember asking you this, say, like, do we want to talk about any of our favorite Christmas carols? And your response was, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't like Christmas carols. Yeah, you know, that's interesting that some people really don't like Mm-mm. Christmas carols. I read this article that said that, um, especially people who are in the retail industry. Yeah. That one in six people, this was an NPR article, one in six people say that Christmas music actually makes them less productive because they're spending all their energy trying not to hear what they're hearing. (laughs) There are, there are stations that start playing nothing but Christmas music. I want to, I literally want to burn my radio. If it got stuck on that station, I just can't handle it. Well, now we know how to torture you. That would be torture. Yeah, and they say it's because it's just so much exposure. You know, like some Christmas mm-hmm. carols every now and then would be okay. But the really so beautiful exposure. ones, like the ones based on classical music, I like, but they make me cry. So I don't want to listen to that. Oh, okay. You don't and want to feel. You don't want to feel. No, no, I don't want to feel, especially not at Christmas. Well, you know what, what I waste think is, of time. What I, what I think is interesting mm-hmm. is that even though people hear these Christmas carols over and over and over mm-hmm. again, they still mess up the lyrics. <laughs> That's because they're trying not to hear them. So here are some common. Christmas carols that people don't know the lyrics for and they mess them up. Okay. Do I hear some of them? Yes, I do. Okay. Joy to the world, let's have fun. Let earth receive her keys. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to make sense to when you miss here or something. How about this one? Dashing through the snow in a one-horse soap and sleigh. (laughs) Soap and sleigh. He's making a list of chicken and rice. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, do you like this one? Deck the halls with bras of holly. Bras of holly? <laughs> oh, that would be uncomfortable. Right. Oh, those are fantastic. Oh, and uh, Edith. Yes. Here are some funny um, Christmas quotes I came across. Okay, Christmas quotes. This is from Shirley Temple. Oh, I love her. I stopped believing in Santa Claus when I was six. Mother took me to see him in a department store, and he asked for my autograph. Oh. <laughs> the great Victor Borga said, Santa Claus has the right idea. Visit people only once a year. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Guy Endor Kaiser says, This holiday season, no matter what your religion is, please take a moment to reflect on why it's better than all the other ones. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Christy, that's a beautiful segue because I have one quote that's humorous about that. This is from Will Rogers. I was just thinking, if if it really is religion with these nudist colonies, they sure must turn atheist in the wintertime. Right. Not a nice button on the bit. Uh, Mm. Well, now, folks, let's go to something that will put everybody in the holiday mood if you're not already, and that is um, Edith's holiday scam story. Thank you, Christy. That's a beautiful way to introduce it. Christy, yesterday I answered a scam call. 
<gasps> now, you know, you know it's going to be a scam because it says unknown uh-huh. or it says it's a number that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what got into me, but I did. I answered this call. And I had heard about this scam. So this man says, your social security number has been used. Again, you probably don't even know about this, he said. It has been used in southern Texas on the border, and it is involved with the drug trade and child trafficking. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was making it as horrible as he could. And I knew it was a scam, so I was very supportive. I went, oh, I'd go, oh, no. You're terrible, Edith. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I almost said, oh, my gourd. But then I thought that might give it away. So so then he said, um, so uh, I need to verify I need to verify your name. And I said, okay, June O'Halloran. He goes, can you spell that? And I told him. And then he said, and I need your social security number. Oh, clever. And I said, do you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> and he, he said, yes. I think you're an idiot. And I said, I am not an idiot. And he said, you're a mother. And I said, and I was actually kind of laughing. I go, you're a mother. (laughs) Now, several things about that story. Uh, Are you really supposed to ever call women that particular curse word isn't that a male sort of oedipus thing i think it to goes do? to a lot of other th- ways so i guess but anyway everybody like we've been told a million times never give out your social security number right. to anyone and you know if you're home and you're bored have fun with them you know people like that make me so angry makes me angry it takes too. away my christmas cheer it actually made me cheerful because i kept that guy on the phone for quite some time not allow. That's why he got mad because oh. I didn't. I just hate the fact that people would take advantage of vulnerable people like that. That's exactly right. So if you if you don't feel vulnerable, if you feel powerful or invulnerable, keep them on a phone on the phone for a while. Piss them off and have some fun. Have some fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Edith? We're gonna talk about some tips for holiday gardening. Oh, yeah. What Holi- is holiday gardening? What is holi- What is it, Christy? We can, we're going to talk about poinsettias. Yes, poinsettias. Amaryllis. And Christmas trees. That's the first time I pronounced it poinsettia. I usually say poinsettia. The correct pronunciation is poinsettia. Thank you, Martha. <laughs> You're welcome, <Okay>. Mother Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, don't forget, if you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. And if you want to see pics of our gardens, inspirations, and gardening jokes, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thank you. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the garden, not a creature was stirring, and the earth it had hardened. It'd been a fruitful summer in this time of quarantine, with broccoli and beans and the beautiful aubergine. Now the sage it is dormant, the parsley barely peepin'. The seeds underground are very soundly sleepin'. The tulips are nestled all snug in their beds, as I dreamt of garden tools waiting in the shed. I had mulched, composted, turned off the water tap, while the garden settled down for a long winter's nap. 
I dreamt of my veggies, my herbs, even my flowers, which I wouldn't see again for thousands of hours. I dreamt of the milkweed whose seeds had so tickled us. And then, out the window, I saw good old St. Nicholas. He came with his reindeer that pooped on my lawn, which I turned into fertilizer before they were gone. And then what did I hear but a loud ho-ho-hoing? So I thought of seeding and weeding and all my plants growing. But I am a gardener. I know how to wait, which I will do even as I celebrate all the miracles that the earth has to offer. The sunshine, the snowfall, the seeds in my coffer. No matter what you believe or where in the world you are, we wish you the happiest holiday and a dream on a star. Edith, that was so beautiful. It was the night before Christmas. Oh. I'm so impressed by that. Oh, thank you very much. And, um, you know, Christmas is, is a really nice time. I mean, I have feel bad for, you know, saying such bad words in the garden update. Garden slash we don't have an update. But I, th- I think that um, I have a little Christmas story. Oh, good. Okay. It took place in Denver in the 1940s. My friend Diane told me this had happened to her friend Betty. Betty was a little girl. She was one of five children, one of whom was a newborn, just a little tiny baby that just got home from the hospital. And so, you know, the 1940s, shortly after the war, there was not a lot of money. And in in this household, as in mine, when I was growing up, you got gifts on Christmas Eve. Well, mm. in this household, they put out the gifts on Christmas Eve, and then they would open most of them the next day. So this year, the parents told Betty and her siblings, you know, this year, because there's so many children that didn't get gifts, you are only going to get one. Santa's only going to bring you one gift each, okay? And he already brought them, and they put them out, and there were four gifts under the tree. And Betty goes, but what about the baby? Well, there's nothing here for the baby. And the mother goes, well, the baby won't know what day it is. The baby doesn't know that it's Christmas. The baby won't miss it. So all the rest of the kids said okay, and they went upstairs and they fell asleep. And the next morning, they come running down the stairs to open their gift. And there, under a little um, name of the baby, was a bottle of milk marked reindeer milk that the parents had put there. So even the baby had a gift. Like Santa had, you know, used his ray. Isn't that sweet? That's very sweet. But Santa brought a little something extra. Santa brought something extra for the baby. Because even a baby knows what day it is. Yes. Yeah. I bet reindeer milk tastes like eggnog. Oh, I bet it does. (laughs) I'll bet it's not as good as this eggnog I'm drinking. Listen. I'm calling 911 right now. Oh no. 
there's no reception. What is happening? I am the ghost of Garden's past. Follow me. I really don't want to get out of this bed. Follow me. Okay, okay. Where are we going? What is this desolate landscape of rocks and hard dirt? Look closer. Why, it's my garden. The way my garden used to look just a couple of years ago. Why are you showing this to me, O oh spirit? Follow me. Do I have a choice? Okay, okay, I'm coming. It feels like we're flying. But to where? Wait, aren't we in the exact same place? In my garden? Did we just go in a circle? Yes. But it looks different somehow. You planted a garden. Well, go me. And then, one by one, you let everything die. I did, didn't I? I went on vacation, and when I came back... Oh, please, spirit, take me away from here. I can take no more. Follow me. What now? How is it going to be worse? Have I turned my backyard into the Gobi Desert? Oh, spirit, where have you taken me? It looks familiar. It is your garden yet to come. Look at the flowers. They're alive. And vegetables and raspberries. Did I do this? Wait, spirit, where did you go? I need to thank you for giving me hope for next summer. I'm ordering seed catalogs first thing in the morning. No, I'll do it right now. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone and happy gardening to you. Hey, Edith, uh, do you have a poinsettia plant this year? I don't know. Mm -mm. You don't know? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> comma, no. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I don't know. It's only my house. No, I don't. Uh-uh. Do you ever get one? I never do know. My neighbor used to get me one, uh -huh. but he moved. Oh. So well, now I never have one. They are the number one potted plant sold in the United States. Oh. Exceeding an annual sale of all other potted plants combined. Poinsettias. Wow. wow. Christy, I remember mine didn't die right away. I mean, you can keep them for a while. Yeah, you? you sure can. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, we were talking earlier that they are pronounced poinsettias. Mm -hmm. They are named after Joel Roberts Poinsett. He was a botanist and the first United States ambassador to Mexico in the 1820s. And he imported the tropical plant back to his greenhouses in South Carolina, where he began propagating and distributing them, and everybody started to love them. Huh. So, who called it poinsettia if his name was poinsettia? Exactly. Uh, point, his name was poinsett. Poinsett. Yes. Okay. Poinsett. Then they became poinsettias. Okay. Um, did you know that the main attraction is not its flower, but its leaves? No, why? What's so good about the leaves? The leaves are what turns red. And the oh. flower is the tiny little yellow aspect in the middle. I did not know that. When you buy a poinsettia, uh -huh. you have to make sure that it has buds that haven't been opened yet in the middle. That means you're going to have a nice, fresh, lovely poinsettia. Oh, that's a good, that's a good tip there. Christy, that's good. And a lot of people think that they are toxic to humans or children, and they shouldn't be eaten. But a child would have to eat 
500 leaves in order to reach an unsafe level. (laughs) And they are mildly poisonous to cats and dogs. So it's best to keep them out of their reach. Or use it as a lesson. See what you get? See what you get for eating my stuff? You know? It's interesting that a lot of times when you buy a, a poinsettia, you'll find them right at the grocery store, right by the door. Yeah. Which is the worst place to put them because... I didn't realize they were tropical, to tell you the truth. They hate drafts. Uh-huh. And they hate switches in temperature. They also are... If you want to keep your poinsettia alive, you have to be very careful about how you water it. It likes to be moist, but not too moist. Uh-huh. And it doesn't like to dry out. So you have to be... It, it's a, it can be a little persnickety that way. Do you, do you need to uh, trim it back like you do... Um, the What's that one? Gladi- not a gladiola. You know, the flower, the red flowers that you can keep all winter. Potted plant. Geraniums? Yes. <laughs> okay. What do I win? Ding, 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 ding. Here's some eggnog. Um, after, you know, um, after you've enjoyed them, yes, you can trim them back to four inches. Uh-huh. And they will, con- will continue to grow. But when you, when you first get them home, somebody gives you one, you want to be careful where you put it. You don't want to put it by a draft. You don't want to put it by extreme heat. Okay. Radiator. You want to give it some sun, mm-hmm. and you do want to check it every day to see if it needs water because they can dry out quick, but you don't want to soak them. Yeah, good. Yeah. Especially here in Colorado, it's so darn dry here. Yeah. You know, in Florida, it might be a little different where, you know, you can drink the air some days. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get them to rebloom again, though I think it's a bit much. Uh-huh. You have to keep them at a certain temperature. Oh, you have, they oh. like to. You have to chill them down in the summer. You have to chill them down at the temperatures uh, under sixties, and then um, and then put them in a closet for uh-huh. in October for eight to ten weeks. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Wow. Without any light to get them to rebloom. I personally think that's a bit much. Yeah, that's more care There's than nothing I took wrong with my that. kids. Yeah, that's just too much. <laughs> nothing wrong with just having a poinsettia yeah. and enjoying it for as long as you can, uh-huh. and then put it in your compost pile when you're done. There you go. When we come back, we're going to talk about amaryllis and Christmas trees. Okay, excellent. Tomorrow is Christmas and I'm broke. Oh, I wish I had enough money to get Christy a real Christmas gift. Oh, how I dreamed of finding something fine and rare and worthy of my friend. Why... Who is that at the door? Why, it's my neighbor, Henry. Edith, I've often admired your beautiful pile of compost in your backyard. There is no pile richer, darker, or more full of worms. Would you consider selling it for 50 bucks? My prized compost? Oh, Henry, what a wonderful idea. Yes, haul it all away. Now I can get Christy a Christmas gift. She needs a new pair of garden gloves so badly, and I saw her admiring an excellent pair at the local nursery just the other day. If I leave right now, I just may have it wrapped and ready when she comes over for coffee. Merry Christmas, Christy. Why, 
What is that puzzled look on your face? Edith, what happened to your compost pile? Don't look at me that way. I sold my compost pile because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. My yard debris and table scraps will make wonderful compost again. I just had to do it. You don't know what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. You sold your compost pile? Yes, sold and hauled off. All your compost is gone? Yep, it's sold and gone. <laughs> well, here is your Christmas present, my friend. Just look in the bag in the wagon by the door. It's a compost screen. Just perfect to remove large clumps, debris, and stubborn materials in my compost pile. My compost grows so fast, I will surely use it someday soon. Now it is your turn. I didn't have time to wrap your gift, so here. Now your hands will be protected from blisters, calluses, and slivers. Pull your hands out of your pockets. I want to see how they look on you. My dear friend, in order to get the money to buy your compost screen, I had to sell my hands. Oh, Edith, don't you see? The Magi were wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to baby Jesus. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Of all who give and receive gifts, we are the wisest. We are the Magi. But you don't have any hands. Yeah, I really didn't think this all through. I gotta hand it to you. You make a really good point. No, no. We are not doing this. It just all got out of hand. Stop it. But on the other hand, it was pretty dramatic. I am leaving. Um, I can't open the door. Can someone give me a hand? Okay, everybody, I have a story to tell you about that last little podcast play we did, The Gift of the, of Magi, the Magi. Because I gave it to... Edith, when we were recording a couple days ago, and she had a chance to check the email. You had a chance to read it. Mm -hmm. I was reading it for the very first time with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were going along. You were reading it cold, just brilliantly, doing such a great job. You were just, you were cracking me up. And then we had to turn the page to get to the part about where I had to cut my hands off. And Edith just lost it. I did lose it. (laughs) I didn't expect it. You know, for some reason, I was thinking about the three wise men, and I thought the piece was going to end in spices or something. I did. I, I, You're just like I just never saw that dark side of you. I was so shocked, and I'm a very visual person, so in my head, I'm seeing you with these bloody stumps. I'm like, that's not Christmassy at all. Okay. Hey, Edith. Yes. What do you get when you cross a snowman with a vampire? I don't know. Frostbite. Of course you do, Christy. Edith. Why does Santa have three gardens? Why? So he can ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Of course. Uh, so amaryllis. Amaryllis. Everybody loves to get an amaryllis bulb at Christmas. I sure do. Mm-hmm. I've never had one of those either, but I have an amaryllis story. Hit me. Okay. So I was working at, I won't even name the place, but it was a, it's a big theater in town. And in the lobby, they had these tall tables and they had this beautiful amaryllis, 
beautiful. And, you know, I would go in every day to rehearse. On one day, I noticed that, you know, it had grown considerably. And when they do, when, when the bulb grows like that, they look exactly like a penis. That's just the, that's just the way it is. You do know this is our special Christmas holiday but episode. There's, not, there's nothing un-Christmassy about a penis, <laughs> is there? <laughs> the, the, here, here's the thing, Christy. It's a flower. It's the most beautiful flower, but it has to go through the penis stage. Well, somebody complained, and they took that flower away. They took it away because somebody got offended by a plant. Oh, my goodness. They would get offended by anything. By absolutely anything. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that would happen anymore. This was like 20 years ago or so. But, uh, you know, the theater caved. It just makes you wonder where that person's mind went. Yes. It does. (laughs) Does it? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just, I'm agreeing. Well, Folks, if anybody gives you an amaryllis bulb this holiday season, um, they're so easy to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, they'll probably you probably get it in a pot. And if nobody gives you a pot, you just have to get a, a pot that's maybe uh, two to three inches wider than the bulb. So you don't need a real big pot. You need a little pot. And you put it in some good garden soil. Make sure there's drainage. And you, you say don't- garden soil or potting soil? Oh, potting soil. Potting soil. Potting not soil. garden soil sure. in, in pots not, in the not, house. Yeah. Not the soil from outside your <laughs> house. Um, and make sure that you don't bury it. Make the sure crown has to be showing, mm-hmm. correct? And make sure it's pointy side up. Pointy side don't up. Don't put it upside down. Because then, my gosh, it's going through the floor. <laughs> pointy side <laughs> up. Make sure that the tip of it... A, you know, a couple inches of it is still showing, and then water it. Put it in a sunny windowsill. After a couple weeks, you'll start seeing it start to grow. And once you see shoots coming out, you want to turn it, you know, give it a quarter turn every day. Otherwise, it'll grow lopsided. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And it'll have a stronger stock. You may need to stake it. Yep, yep, yep. So maybe prepared for that. Enjoy it, enjoy it, and then when it's over with, you can trim it back and save it and grow it again next year. Because out of the stalk comes such an incredibly beautiful flower. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. And and, and you you'll know, get it in January. Who doesn't need a beautiful flower in January, February? Exactly. Every, everybody could use that. It's like a herald of what is going to come eventually. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> in the summer, you know, it can go outside. Too, if you keep it growing. I didn't know that. You can grow it all summer long. Um, But in the fall, you need to move it inside Mm -hmm. into a cool basement or garage and trim it back and don't water it. Let it be dormant. And then after the dormancy period, you can repot it and start all over again. Now, how long do you leave it in the garage? Like eight, eight to 10 weeks again. Okay. Wow. Hey, remember when we were talking and, um, I always kill my rosemary every year. And yeah. You know, my rosemary is still in the garden. It is still alive. So is mine. Good. Our rosemaries are living. Okay, yes. Good. But it's only December and it hasn't been. That's true. That's if we true get too. a deep freeze. Yeah. If really we get deep. like uh-huh. below like, zero. Yeah. Then they're probably toast. We'd have to make sure. We'd have to make sure we go out and cover Co- them. Cover. Yeah. Okay. Cover. Good. Good. Uh, what about a Christmas tree? Do you Are you doing a, a Christmas tree this year? Either? Nope. Nope. Not doing it. Years ago, I I stopped using real trees. When the kids were little, we had Uh real trees. But um, now I've stopped everything. 
And you know what's Bleak House over there is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy, I still have my skeleton up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, you know, it could be you could start a new trend. I don't think so. Nobody seems to enjoy my skeleton. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I put a little Christmas up. I like to do the mantle. I like to have my little ceramic tree up. We used to have a fresh tree all the time. And there's some interesting things about for people to know, for those of you out there who have a fresh tree up. Christy, they say there are more fresh trees sold this season than there have been for years. So do tell people because I don't know any of this. It makes total sense to me because if you're if we're stuck at home, we want something that makes us feel mm-hmm. comfortable, makes us feel like tradition, mm-hmm. makes us like a, like a comfort food, but for Christmas. And the best smell. That that was my favorite thing about oh, a fresh tree. Oh, yes. Smell. That's so true. So good. If you're getting, if you already had your tree, I hope you made a fresh cut because that is so important to make a fresh cut on that tree. So not just leave it like you buy it, but yeah. cut it some more. Another good four inches okay. off. Okay. Just like you would if you're buying roses. And then um, choose a spot away from a heat source. So don't put it by your radiator mm-hmm. or it's just going to dry out. And you want to make sure you water that tree immediately when you bring it home. Do you know, Edith, that a Christmas tree can soak up over a gallon of water on its first day? No, no, I didn't. They're so thirsty. So they're still actually alive. Just like, well, like flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. They're alive until they're not. And do you put like aspirin or anything in there like you do for flowers? I looked at Farmer's Almanac and they said, don't bother. Okay. And they said all that stuff that people say to put in there, put in sugar, put in aspirin, put in 7-Up, put in, you know, some people actually sell a product that'll, that is supposed to guarantee to make your tree last longer. And they say water. They say tap water. Okay. And look at it every day because even then a tree can soak up two liters of water every day. So you should never let it go bare. Wow. And you should get it out of your house before it's too dry. Because then it's a danger, isn't yeah. it? It's dangerous. But then when you take it out of your house, there's lots of things you can do with it. You can use the needles, our, our great mulch. Mm-hmm. You can chop up the tree and uh, put it in your compost pile. Mm-hmm. You the, could, city, the city sometimes, in certain places, will pick it up, pick up your tree and they will make mulch for and you. And recycle it. And recy- mm-hmm. recycle your tree. You could stick it out in the snow and make... Um, little bird feeders oh, and let yeah. it be for the birds. Oh, nice. Little suet, you know, take some peanut butter and some mm-hmm. bird seed and roll it around a pine cone and stick it out there. Oh, how nice. That's really nice. Yeah. So, but lots of things you can do with your, your Christmas tree. Hope everybody enjoys them. Yeah. And, you know, there's a there's a shortage of trees this year. Because so many people want them, you mean? One, because so many people want them. And also because Christmas tree growers need to make the decision about how many trees to plant seven years ago. Oh, that's right. Of course they do. And seven to 10 years ago, I think of where we were 10 years ago in 2010, we were still in the Great Depression, the Great Recession. Oh my, it seems so long ago. So nobody was, nobody was buying trees. And so the Christmas tree growers and people got out of the business too. Wow. So there weren't that many Christmas tree growers. And so now there's a big demand for it. So if you have a a live Christmas tree at home, enjoy it. And, and it's probably it, expensive. Yeah, and if it's artificial, it's just as good. I love my little artificial tree. I had one for a very long time. Yeah, I like your ceramic tree too. The important thing about a tree is the lights. The lights yes. and the lights that you put on it. That's really yeah. the most important part. 
And the little special ornaments, not the store-bought ones, but the ones that, you know, somebody yeah. made when they were a kid. Or yeah, so your kids handmade. made for you in, in the first grade or the kindergarten or, yeah, that is the most, that is the best part. Yeah. Silly little popcorn strings. Oh, yes. Yeah. My mother used to iron tinsel. We used the same tinsel for my entire childhood. Get out. No, really. That's frugal. Uh, another way of saying frugal would be saying making the most use of something, only using what you need, not throwing everything away. Like we've said before, there is no away. And I look back and I think the things that she taught me were really useful to me to this day. And I've tried to pass that on to my own kids. Oh, I love that. My kids didn't take it to it all that well, but you know. <laughs> you don't know yet, though. It's hard to That's say. That's the thing. You don't know yet. People do change. They do change. Yeah. Hello, Dr. Stein. Oh, hello, Monica. Happy New Year. Uh-huh. Sure. You haven't made a therapy appointment in a while. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. You seem frazzled. A lot's been happening. 2020 was rough. I was hoping 2021 would be better, but, uh... But what? Why don't you tell me what's going on? <sighs> it's just that, uh... My holidays just seem to go on and on, getting more and more stressful. How so? You remember Alan, who I thought was my person, my one true love? Yes. So at Christmas, I got home from visiting my parents, and there, on my porch, is a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> a partridge? A bird in a tree? Yes. A half-frozen bird, a leafless tree, and a note saying, On the first day of Christmas from your true love. Hmm. It is unorthodox. Didn't you say you loved the way Alan thought out of the box? Hmm, did I? Oh, I was so young then. It was only four months ago. Feels longer. So I planted the tree and brought the bird into the house and put it temporarily in the dog cage in the basement. With the dog? No. Remember my dog died? Of course, I'm sorry. So the next day the doorbell rings and there's the Amazon truck and the guy drops off two turtle doves in a box with a note on the second day of Christmas from your true love. Hmm, go on. Well, where do you put two turtle doves? I mean, I only have the one cage, so I put the turtle doves in the cage with the partridge. And when I got up the next morning, the partridge, who had just recently thawed out, was lying dead on the floor of the cage. And the two turtle doves, the killers, were just cooing and rubbing on each other. That must have been horrible. It gets so much worse. So as I was burying the partridge under the pear tree, which I'm pretty sure is also dead, because I guess you're not supposed to plant trees in the dead of winter, the UPS truck shows up with three French hens. More birds. So I put them in with the turtle doves because they're French hens and the French don't really like to fight, which is which I admire about them very much. Did you communicate your distress to Alan? I tried, but he was not picking up his phone. But, you know, the birds survived the night, so I thought things were going to get better until the FedEx truck pulled up and left four calling birds on my porch. Was there a note? Yes. 
from your true love, Alan. Calling birds are loud, and I only had the one cage, so I put the calling birds in the dryer until I could think what to do with them. You put them in the dryer? Well, I didn't turn the dryer on, and I could peep through and see them. I thought it would muffle the loud calling, but the dryer acted a little like an echo chamber. <laughs> so much for sleeping. So you haven't slept since December 29th? I have not. It's the 6th of January. Is it? <laughs> so, on the fifth day, a taxi pulls up and the driver gives me a note. Five golden rings, it says. Finally, I thought, what a great gift from my true love. Five golden rings. And then, five pirates come out of the taxi and go into my house. Five pirates? Pirates wearing gold earrings. And they will not let me have them. What do you do with pirates? I told them they could stay in my basement with the birds. So you have five pirates and nine birds in your basement? No, no. The pirates ate the birds. They boiled them in the washer on hot wash, hot rinse. That must have been incredibly traumatic. I didn't really have time to dwell on it because on the sixth day, six geese laying were dropped off. I thought I had the perfect solution. I took them all down to Sloan's Lake where there are so many geese. I thought they'd fit right in. What I didn't know was that Denver Parks and Recreation regularly round up the geese and turn them into food for needy families. So, so I sure wasn't going to do that with the seven swans a-swimming that came the next day. I put the swans into my bathtub and listed them on eBay. So you haven't showered since. Does it matter? Between the bird poop and the pirates, I can't smell myself. By the eighth day, I had figured out the correlation between the days of Christmas and the number of gifts. So, I felt prepared for eight of something. But nothing prepares you for eight maids a-milking. I suppose I should be grateful that they didn't come with cows. But the maids kind of milk the air, and they look like they're doing a really strange dance. So the next day, as I was making plans to put them on a bus to Greeley, where there are cows, who shows up but nine ladies dancing? Not dancing like a prima ballerina like Misty Copeland, no. They were clogging. My wooden floors are shredded. Still no conversation with Alan? No! Mm -mm, mm -mm. I was in the middle of leaving a message when ten lords came leaping into my house. So the ten leaping lords and the nine dancing ladies really clicked, and they left to start a movement commune in Creed. But you still have pirates and swans in your basement. I know that! Plus, eleven pipers piping. I'm trying to get them on a tour with Jethro Tull, who's going to start touring again after this pandemic. I love Jethro Tull. Good for you. The last gift was 12 drummers drumming. I told them about the dancers and leaping lords in Creed, and they're joining them there, and they're all going to audition for America's Got Talent. And how do you feel about Alan now? Well, Doctor, I... I think true love picks up the phone. Maybe maybe this whole one true love thing is overrated. What do you think you should do now? I think I think I'm going to ask the pirates 
to move with me to a remote part of Nicaragua, really remote, where gifts can't find us. Best of luck, Monica, and Happy New Year. Oh, I think it will be. Adios, Doctor. And now we have that special time where it's mailbag. Ring, ring. This is a special <laughs> holiday letter from Doug from Tennessee. Oh, good. He writes, When I was in high school, my mother was a third grade teacher in an elementary school in a working class neighborhood. One year, a few weeks before Christmas, she noticed one of her students was moping around. When she asked the girl what the problem was, she was told that Santa wasn't going to make it to their house that year. He was too busy. My mother knew that that family was struggling, but couldn't say anything to the little girl. When she came home that evening, she told us about it and strongly suggested that there were a number of age-appropriate toys and games in our house that none of us used any longer, which could be spruced up and wrapped. After we got everything put together, Mom said to me, Get some of your friends to deliver these, but don't be seen. I don't know if she realized this, but my friends and I had been waiting for that call for a few years by then. We all watched Mission Impossible on TV and knew exactly what to do. We also knew that if captured, mom would disavow all knowledge of us, etc. <laughs> yeah. I called my friend Randy and he borrowed his family car. We drove by the Target house a couple of times, planning the caper. A day or two later, after dark, we put on black jeans, sweatshirts, and black knit caps, put the presents in a big bag, and then drove to the house and parked around the corner. Our plan was to stealthily place the bag on the front porch, ring the doorbell, and quickly abscond before we were seen. There is an old military saying, that no plan ever survives contact with the enemy. Things went as expected right up until we rang the doorbell. The porch light immediately came on and the front door began to open. Evidently, the father of the family had just happened to be standing right by the door. <laughs> we were standing there completely illuminated. We both dove off the porch into the grass, then jumped up and ran toward the car. As we went... Randy called out in the deepest voice he could, Ho, ho, ho. The next day at school, my mother told us later, the little girl was extremely excited. She ran up to mom and burst out, Guess what, teacher? Santa came to her house last night, but he wasn't in a red suit. He was all dressed in black. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. You could just see those boys rolling through the lawn like Mission Impossible. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you so much, Doug, for sending that in. What a wonderful story. Beautiful, sweet Christmas memory. I yep. just love it. Really full of kindness. Thank you. And if you folks have some favorite gardening stories, successes, flops, New Year's hopes and dreams, gardening questions, we'd love to hear from you. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Well, there's no place like inspiration for the holidays. <laughs> Edith, do you have some holiday inspiration for us? I do, I do. This is from Albert Camus. In the depth of winter, I finally learned that there was in me an invincible summer. 
Oh, that's great. Isn't that nice? That's very inspiring. That really is nice. I have one from Frank Cross. It's Christmas Eve. It's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer, we smile a little easier, we cheer a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. Oh, Christy, that's really good. Merry Christmas, Edith. Merry Christmas. And do you know what's interesting? Christmas, Camus, and Cross all start with the letter C. And Christy. And Christy. <laughs> you can just call me Cedith, so I can be part Cre- of that. Creedith. Cre- no, <laughs> not Creedith. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going to call him Cramu. <laughs> Well, everyone, that was our 2021 holiday special for Upside Down Tulips. Thank you so much for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson, or Cedith Weiss. Good, love it. And Christy Montour Larson. If you have some, if you got some laughs and some value out of our holiday special, could you do us a favor? You could hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the beautiful Upside Down Tulips theme song. For more of her music, just go to denisegentilini.com or find the link at our very own UpsideDownTulips.com. And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. Join us next week for a new podcast da, 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 of our top favorite gardening mistakes of 2021. Yay! Please join us. We'll see you then. Merry Christmas. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down. Very good, Seedith. Thank you, Kisty. <laughs> <laughs>